Breaker scams have gotten out of control. I'll tell you what I suggest next, and these guys can debate with me on Cards on the Table. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table. My goodness, this is a huge week. Happy opening day for baseball, everybody. Big day today for sure. Big week for sports card investor. Guys, we have some incredible videos coming out this weekend. I'm not going to tell you what they are. We got some surprises, but Saturday morning, we got a nice little surprise for you. Sunday is going to be a good video as well. Stay tuned. Watch the Sports Card Investor channel. There are some big things coming for sure. And Teapot, you've been working on some incredibly big things recently. We now have all of the, of the whole history of PWCC data. Back to 2005 is in market movers. We've got golden data in market movers. We got market movers is just like had this revolutionary upgrade this last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's been awesome to this see. This is the year of data, Jeff. We did the year of the redesign. It is the year of data. It is exciting for sure. I brought you a little present because you've been working so hard. Wow. Our friends at Tops sent us the brand new McDonald's All-American right. Games Tops Chrome All Cards. Right. You know, Bronny James has his first auto cards in here. Did you know that? Let's go. No, that's Bron next year. Hopefully he's Oh, it's not in this one? It's not in this one. Bro he's signing right now, but that's actually next year's oh. product the autos are live in. Oh. False hope. But there's, yeah. a, there's a whole bevy of Wildcats in there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, well, Doug's going to be happy Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, Justin happy. Edwards, go. Reed Shepard. All right, well, I look forward to a Bronny James in the future, but maybe we'll, we'll open a few of these as we go here. Here you go. Right. Doug, well, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. Always good Glad to see you as well. Thank you for Hopefully get some of your current Wildcats. I hope so. Hopefully some of those guys uh, get to uh, go to Kentucky and lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament again next year. That always... We won a game. That's an improvement. You did win a game. It's better, <laughs> better than my team did. Guys, let's get into the main topic today because we got a lot to talk about. And this is what is going on with breaking. And if you guys have been watching social media or other YouTube at all, you probably have seen these clips going around. There were a handful of breaking scams that have taken place over the last couple of weeks. Of course, this is nothing super new. There have always been breaking scams that have happened from time to time and people find them and report them, but there seemed to be just an increased number that happened recently and one so blatant, like so blatantly happening on camera in front of everybody that it just kind of caused us all to shake our heads. That one happened on Whatnot. Now, full disclosure, Whatnot is a big sponsor of some of our other shows, but we're going to treat this fairly and objectively as we try to do with every single topic. Other YouTubers have brought good attention to this. Dan the Cardman's been doing videos about this, other YouTubers as well, but we wanted to address it here because, because I know that breaking is a huge part of the future of the sports card hobby. I know that Fanatics and Tops are going to be investing heavily into breaking. We've already heard about the Fanatics Live platform that's coming out in the future. They really want to encourage breaking as an entry point. That is a big part of the future of sports cards. But we can't have these scams. We can't have that kind of crap happen and expect that we're going to be able to 10x the number of collectors, which is Fanatics' stated goal. We have to have breaking be clean. We have to have breaking be honest and trustworthy. We have to make it something where when people come into a break, they feel like they're getting taken care of it's, and they're being given a fair deal. How does that happen? Well, 
after this scam happened on WhatNot. WhatNot came out with their WhatNot Watch program to help moderate behavior. I thought they came out with a pretty nice statement about how they were going to rely on on users to report things and they were going to promote certain people as moderators. I think that's a good step forward. I think more steps need to be taken though. Teapot. What do we do about this? Where do, where do we go from here? Well, breaking is a big gamble in general, financially, right? But it can be a lot of fun. It's also a big gamble if you don't know the breaker at all. You don't have any kind of a relationship. And I don't want to step on toes because I think Doug probably has a lot to say about this in that he does breaking. But you can watch certain breakers and if you see how they operate and they conduct their business, maybe you test things out with them a little bit. Do a little bit of research. If you're going to consider especially spending big dollars with a breaker, they need to be trustworthy and reputable. Now, some of them do build up pretty big followings. In the case of this breaker, that breaker came out and made a statement that, hey, this wasn't me, which is my breaking business. This was one of my employees who did something unethical. There's a lot of concerns around that in general and what yeah. the, all these downtowns showing up on this page. You better make sure you're doing background checks, fully vetting your employees. The big thing that came to mind right away for me, it sounds like Whatnot's doing this, for any breaking platform is have an alert like system that if you're watching a stream and something happens, you literally hit the button right then and it timestamps and you submit a complaint. You say, this is what just happened. This shouldn't be happening. And that could help the platform continue to evolve and build their breaking requirements, essentially. I wouldn't even call them best practices. They should be absolute requirements. How many cameras do you need to have streaming? Cards never leave the table. And it should either be zero strikes or one strike and you're off the platform. What gets tricky is that these breakers generate revenue for these platforms. Mm -hmm. So they have to have the integrity to do the right thing and to give them the boot when they're doing something wrong. I think those are great points. Doug, I'm really interested to hear your perspective in this. You break yourself. Yeah. You, you break on the side, you do this for, for customers. You got a yeah. lo lot of customers who you break for. How do you keep your break safe? How how can we do this? How can we force the same to happen with other breakers? Yeah, I've done it for about three years, and at times I was breaking really heavily. I don't do it nearly as much lately, but I will do it still on occasion. Um, you know, first, it's just such an unfortunate situation because there's already so many people that have really low opinion of breakers. There's so many people that think that they're what's wrong with the hobby, and they're you know they're all crooks, and none of that is true, of course. But it's still that reputation is there, and this just reinforces that. There's so much money in the hobby, there's going to be bad actors. It's going to be susceptible to scammers and thieves and things of that nature just because of the money that's sitting there. I think ultimately, you know, me personally, I've just built my reputation doing things the right way for years. I had a situation literally the last time I broke was last week. My main camera overheated and shut down. My face cam was still working. No one questioned a thing because of my reputation, right? Um, Obviously, I was still able to, to act on camera, didn't do anything funny, you know, no worries there, but reputation is everything in this. But how do you establish that reputation? Well, you can't do it right off the bat, so I do think there needs to be more steps taken to vet new breakers on these platforms. And I think, you know, certain minimum seller requirements, like you just mentioned, a lot of what you said, I've, that's in my head, multiple cameras. We need to be able to see multiple angles, and if one thing fails, we need a backup plan, right? Um, you mentioned zero strikes, one strike, something like that. Maybe that's something you earn over time. Maybe it's zero strikes for six months. Maybe yeah, you're on probation. Call. Yeah, that's you a can't, good call. No funny business. Yep. Then you earn a strike or after a year or whatever the case may be. Uh, yeah, this is a step in the right direction. They've acknowledged what happened, and I think that's really important, but I think there probably needs to be more steps for vetting new sellers and then better seller requirements to, to kind of get going there. But there's a lot of responsibility uh, for everybody involved, unfortunately. I think, that, I think these are all great points. So I, I'd like to see the platforms, WhatNot, Fanatics Live, other platforms in the future, 
I'd like to see them actually mandate, not only mandate background checks, but actually centralize and control the background checks. Like I would like to see Whatnot tell their breakers, like you can't put anyone on the air until they've cleared Whatnot's background check. By the way, Uber already does this with their Uber drivers. You can't drive on Uber yeah. until Uber runs a background check on you, looks at your criminal history, clears you. You have to apply to Uber and then you can, you can drive. I think breakers and not just the company, but all the different people that are ever going to show up on camera have to go through some type of verification system like that. I think that would help a lot. The idea that this guy was fired, not good enough. Absolutely. He deserved to be fired. My solution, handcuffs and guns. They needed to call the police. That guy needed to be arrested for fraud. It is worse than an employee at your store taking a few hundred bucks out of a cash register. If you owned a retail store and some employee took a few hundred bucks out of your cash register, shoved it in their pocket, and you as the store owner found out, you would probably call the police. I would call the police and, and say, hey, this employee literally just stole money from me, right? This is worse than that because that person's not stealing money from you, the store owner, that person's stealing money from your customers. That's like a bank teller taking money out of a customer's bank account. Can you imagine if a bank teller at like, you know, Bank of America took 400 bucks out of a customer's bank account and this was found out? That bank teller would be arrested, would be hauled off in handcuffs. Like it would turn into a thing. This needs to be a thing. That person should be arrested. And I think that it's unacceptable, frankly, that they were just simply fired. I think they need to be arrested. As soon as that starts to happen, then bad actors are going to think twice about doing this type of thing in the future. I think it needs to be taken seriously. I am happy with Whatnot's response. I think doing the, the, the moderation is a good initial response. I do, however, think more needs to be done. This is hopefully step one of multiple steps to clean this up. Okay. We all had a lot to say about that. We went over time. Let's talk about some happier things, including some amazing cards that are for sale right now on pristine auction. Ending this weekend in their, in their sport card auction for the week, I've got my eye on the 2007-2008 Sweet Shot Sweet Swatches. What's unique about this card is it's, it's Jordan and LeBron, but it's game-used patches of both, and you so rarely see those game-used patches and cards anymore. Doug, what do you have your eye on? Well, you might be in trouble on that. As soon as you told me you were looking at that, I pulled it up and I just watched the bids go oh, up. Geez. So you might be in trouble on that one. I'm looking at 2022 impeccable Bo Jackson on-card auto out of 25. I PC a lot of Bo Jackson stuff from the 80s and 90s, but I have no Bo autographs, none. Uh, and that's a huge hole in my Bo Jackson collection. I need Bo Jackson auto. I like that one. What about you, T-Pop? LeBron's the number one collected player from this era. Steph's number two. I found a Steph BGS 9.5 2009 upper deck rookie card. Can't go wrong with a Steph rookie. Cannot go wrong. And you cannot go wrong by going on pristineauction.com. Enter promo code SCI when you register and get $10 in free credit towards your first purchase at Pristine Auction. Okay, T-Pot, we're going to you for the next topic. This relates to your Day to Die video on the Market Movers YouTube channel this past week, and it was a good one. You talked about crossing, the, the possibility of crossing over cards, and, yeah. and you call up different cards, you compared the 9.5 prices to PSA 10 prices. You think there's real opportunity here. Talk to us about yeah. this. Well, you guys did a video on this, right? The crack and cross mm -hmm. experiment, and like it or not, think it's okay or not, there's a huge premium on PSA cards, on PSA 10s. There just is. And we've talked a lot about that in the past. So I wanted to get into the data and I went into our intelligence reports and I looked at some of the ratios. You know, I just picked that Steph Curry card, the BGS 9.5, and we're watching it. Well, check out this data. If I look, these cards have both sold. This one sold the PSA 10 on 319. 
This one sold on 312 or 311 a week before, and it's half the price. It's less than half the price. The multiplier, $318 last sale on this for a BGS 95, 700 for a PSA yeah. 10. So if you're buying that card and then you end up spending, let's call it 50 bucks to get it graded uh, standard, you know, with PSA, look at the subgrades, do the analysis, and you could crack it out if you know how to do it and send it back in. The nice thing about BGS Labs is they have that inner sleeve too, which just makes it a little easier even still to like crack them out and make sure you don't damage the card or the surface. Jump over to the intelligence reports, and this is sort of what I showed off. You simply compare PSA 10 to BGS 9.5. I threw in a minimum price range here to make it sort of like worth the investment of the regrade. And just scrolling down, I took Otani and Luca as two guys who are obviously hot. Luca's Prism Silver. 1.7K, boy, has that come down a lot, by the way, to $976 for BGS 9.5. There's potentially, you know, yes, things can go wrong. You could end up with a PSA 9. You sure. got to look at the downside. But if you do this in volume, there's some real opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously not every BGS 9.5 is going to cross over to a PSA 10. A lot of them will not. Correct. But you don't have to have that many of them cross over. If just a few cross over, and if the rest get 9s, yep. the 9 prices typically aren't that far away from a BGS 9.5. So... There does seem to be some money made here. Doug, what, what are your thoughts on this, on, on crossing, cracking, you know, the whole thing? So I watched the data dive video, and I think you started the video by saying that you guarantee profit. Is that how the is that the first line of that? It's being a little punchy, but okay. uh, you know, I think if you do this enough, uh, you could you can make some money. Well, I think you need to tread lightly, and I'll tell you why. Uh, this is something that I do, so it's not that I'm opposed to it, but I think you need to take a few things into consideration. You mentioned that you put a minimum price point in there to make it worth your while. Yeah. You definitely need to understand the cost of grading. What what is that submission going to cost you? Yep. That's if, if it were just a $100 card, you know, $75 to $100, something like that, you're eating up your entire profit margin just with your $30 PSA yeah. submission Plus fee. fees to resell. Exactly right. So you need, to, you need to weigh all of that, but you also need to understand that there's no guarantees in this. This is, you know, these are human graders. Because it says 9.5 and it's all 9.5 subgrades, there's no requirement for a PSA, uh, you know, a, analyst to look at that card and say, this is definitely a 10. You, that might come back a 9. And you might resubmit the same card and it comes back a 10. Th th there's so much human subjectivity here that there's just no way to guarantee grade. So it's a risk. There's risks involved in this. But that said, I mean, there are obviously opportunities here. There's an unreasonable gap, in my opinion, between BGS 9.5 and PSA 10. That, the gap existing the way it does probably shouldn't be that way. But it is right now, so the opportunities do exist. Just be careful. Don't go overboard and think this is some sort of infinite money glitch because it's not really that. <laughs> oh, if there was only an infinite money glitch, Doug. Oh, uh, yeah, it's sports betting. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, you're on a hot streak right now. That's why you say that. Uh, good topic, though. And guys, if you want more topics like that broken down by Teapot, check out the Market Movers YouTube channel where he does a video every Saturday going in-depth in the data using Market Movers, the intelligence reports there in Market Movers, to find some nice arbitrage opportunities. Guys, we will be right back. All right, so during the break, we just ripped our McDonald's Chrome All-American. 
You got an auto. Got an auto. I got a gold 50 out of 50. Not too bad. Ashlyn Watkins, that goes right here with my LeBron gold 50 out of 50. Look at that, huh? Look at that. By the way, trade you. Stand-up displays. We got some heat on the stand-up displays today, but those incredible, those incredible stands are from standupdisplays.co. Check those out. Okay, let's get into our first mailbag topic. This is an interesting one. So uh, there was a fairly big soccer release that came out recently. It was um, Premier League, English yeah. Premier League Prism, which is one of the big releases each year. Of course, you had Holland in this release, people going for his black one of one. The only problem is the night before the product released in the U.S., it was pulled. I think it was pulled in Asia, yeah. if, I, if I read, and seen online. So before anyone even was able to open up a box in the U.S. for the first time, probably the biggest chase card in that product, gone. What does this mean, Doug? Is this bad for products that this happened? Is this preventable? What are your thoughts on this as a breaker? Yeah, so a few different questions there to answer. Is it preventable? I don't think so. Like, in order for it to be preventable, Panini or Tops or anybody would have to specifically withhold a card. That's a, that's a terrible idea. Not good. Uh, that opens up all kinds of things you don't want to open up. So I don't think it's preventable, um, certainly. But is that you know is that death for a certain product? Maybe very specific products. I think of really high end. So if you're chasing a logo man out of National Treasures or you know the triple LeBron right. uh, being a really good example of that, it kills those products. But for something like Prism or you know anything below like National Treasures, I don't think it's that big of a deal. If you're really buying up all of the the Prism Premier League uh, breaks or boxes, searching for a one of one. You're probably not doing it right, you know. Like I think for the people that are investing in that product or breaking that product or joining breaks, they're not really hoping for a one of one. Those are incredibly rare. The odds of that happening are, are you know, monumental. So I don't necessarily think that that hurts the product too much. And also, you know, it's a fourth year Erling Holland. I get it. You know, it's his first Prism card, uh, his second card ever in a City kit. But eh, it's not that big of a deal to me. Yeah. Overall, I don't think it's that that big of a deal in a product like Prism. Okay. All right. What are your thoughts, Tupac? I don't think it's great. Yeah. It, it removes the mystique, right? Especially a card like that. It, it just kind of spoils things. I don't know that it moves the needle. It'd be really interesting to see the data to see, okay, does that player's break mm -hmm. spot price get driven down after that big hit? I don't. You can still hit a gold. You can still hit auto. You can still hit a whole bunch of different stuff. Now, I will say, in terms of wax prices long term, look at what's going on with the Luca Black true black prism yeah. right now that hasn't surfaced. We don't know if it's been pulled. So wax prices incrementally go up and up and up. Doug brought up the logo man. I think that's yep. another great example. We saw the craze and every box that was opened of that, which is a much more limited release hand packed product. People are going, it's gotta be in here. It's gotta be in here. You, you know, you're narrowing down on it. With something like prism that's mass printed to the moon, it is just very hard to hit a black in general let alone the black uh, card of the chase. But this isn't the first time this has happened. I think Backyard Breaks, we've talked about them, hit the Trevor Lawrence black one of one like the first or second day. I think the Lamello or one of those cards was hit like the first or second day. This seems to actually happen far sure. more often. A lot of that probably has to do with just how much of the product is being ripped in the first week or two. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, is when you get the you know several of the top hits gone, yeah. then it starts to matter a lot more. We're seeing that in prison football right prices. now where a lot of the one-of-one -one quarterbacks, the yeah, quarterbacks Purdy's you want are one. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Pickett, yeah. Purdy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Once you get like two or three of the big hits gone, then it's just like, okay, wait a second. Yeah, yeah that matters a lot more than just maybe a single card to me. Yeah, no, good conversation for sure uh, about that, without a doubt. That's – and, you know – bounties are becoming a bigger and bigger thing and so that's where maybe it really does get hurt if someone's put out a huge bounty on a card card gets hit right away 
you know, take some of the air out from the bounty potentially. Who knows? All right, second topic from our mailbag suggested by a reader in the, or a viewer, I should say, in the YouTube comments. So make your suggestions now in the YouTube comments for next episode. This was around the thoughts of the new Disney set. Guys, I don't know if you, if you like me, are now scrolling Instagram and all you're seeing is people posting cards from this Disney 100 set. I actually haven't done a lot of research on this set. I don't know a lot about it. But what I know is that my Instagram is filled now with these Disney cards all of a sudden. And they're actually really, really nice looking cards. Like I, I, I was like, ooh, these are actually really beautiful cards. They look like they're really well produced. And so my, I, I was like, I, I gotta get a box or two of these for my daughter. Well, I need to hold my horses because the price of these is crazy. The mm-hmm. wax is going out of control. Tipa, what what's going on? Can you explain this to me? If it's not people showing off their new Disney cards they ripped, it's people criticizing the people showing off the cards that they ripped. There's a lot going on right now in terms of all oh, the usual, this is being pumped, this is being hyped, this is, look, undeniable fact, what goes up must come down. And the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So, you know, get all those sayings out of the way. If I pull up market movers, I've got a chart here, and you can't see what this is. But you see these lines, and this is going back to early 2022. And look at how these carts have come down significantly in price here. And now you get the spoiler. Oh, that's by percentage. That's so those by percentage. Have really fall. These are hard. down 80%, 77%, 50%. This is the Marvel PMGs, okay. which I was in on early. Yeah. There was a real organic growth in this, and then there was a lot of hype. I'm I'm not as quick to say pump, pump, pump and dump as much as just hype, hype, hype to the moon, and things do go up when that happens. Same thing here, another chart, same thing. These are percentages going down. Look, 90% on that blue line, 90% decrease. This is, of course, F1. We've seen this with so many different things. They go up so much, and then they come down. Do I think Disney is arguably one of the most valuable IPs in the world? Yes, so there's probably some real buzz. They're nice-looking cards. They're a complete pain in the butt to add into market movers because the (laughs) checklist doesn't make any sense. But we're starting to do that because, if anything, this will serve as a nice data point, just like Topps Project 2020 and everything else that we have that came crashing down. I don't know. I tell you what, as soon as I show my daughter those Elsa cards, I'm going to be buying every damn Elsa card out there on the market. I don't know. Better make Doug, sure she doesn't see it. Doug, what's your take? Are you, are you running and buying every possible box of this you can buy, or no. are you staying away? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, this may come as no surprise to people who watch the show, but I couldn't care less about the Disney cards. Uh, it does literally nothing for me. Uh, I recognize it's a massive IP and there's no shortage of Disney fans and Disney collectors, but this is the next bubble that's going to burst, right? I mean, it kind of has to be. This doesn't seem to be sustainable in any way to me. Again, I'm like you. I haven't done a ton of research on it. Maybe I'm missing something glaringly obvious that that props up this value. I just don't see how this sustains. Um, you know, it just doesn't do anything for me. I think it's it's on par with things like Marvel or Pokemon, um, but from a card standpoint, it doesn't even have that sort of pedigree yet. So I, th- I think it's got to go down. I bet you there's going to be more and more and more and more Disney cards made now. 100%. Just like everything oh, else. Yeah. Well, they got and Disney's got their trading card game coming out yeah. later this year, yeah, which is a whole, separate, yeah. a whole separate thing, right? Which I think is exciting. I'm glad Disney's coming out with cards. There are so many super Disney fans. I'm a Disney fan. I'm actually, once the prices maybe get a little more reasonable, I'm a buyer at the moment. I kind of agree with you. We're in a little bit of a hype bubble right now. So we'll, we'll, we'll let things settle and see. Anyway, guys, we're going to wrap because I need you to go watch opening day baseball right now. We don't want to keep you any longer. We do appreciate you watching the show. Check out Market Movers. Go to sportscardinvestor.com. Click Market Movers in the main menu bar. Give us a like and subscribe. We'll see you next time. Take care.